I like the way you've given yourself the builder's stool. Welcome to the Soul to Scene podcast, episode 22. I'm Andy Cooper from RMS Motoring, and today I'm joined by Ross Annett. What's happening? And today's very special guest, uh, Mr. Ben Lawrence. Uh, welcome, Ben. Good evening, gentlemen. Good, good evening. <laughs> uh, 56 Oval on the forum, um, uh, Beetle uh, air-cooled enthusiast, uh, a straight liners northern ireland we're going to pick up on that later yep. on so a drag racing enthusiast as well and just and and an essex man in northern ireland i know 17 years yeah you wouldn't know it from the accent i know uh no it's never left me i don't know why um you pick up all the phrases it's funny i was texting someone the other day and they're like i don't know what you are talking about what was it it was we were talking about something, and I, I used a Northern Irish expression for it. I think it was founded or something like that. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm, like, I'm not I'm freezing cold. And they're like, you've changed. You know? <laughs> but you do, you pick up on all the, the, the expressions, but the accents just stayed. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. Well, well, look, it's great to have you on. Before, before we get stuck into you, and we all yeah, want, sure. we want to hear, hear about you, uh, uh, Ross, well, last time we were, we were talking, uh, I, I drove a spectacular amount of vehicles. He, uh, he listened to that in the last podcast. I've driven bugger all since. I'm kind of the same. I haven't done very much other than working a wee bit. The weather has gone to hell. Ben, you were asking me earlier on about, about my Yaris, which you could write your name on. It's that dirty <laughs> behind, sitting behind you here. And uh, I was uh, nipping out somewhere at, at lunchtime earlier on there and uh, pulled off onto a back road and there was a house being built, and there must have been uh, red diesel or something on the road. And I went from a, a car, which I said earlier on, oh, it has so much mechanical grip, until it has none. And then I'm like, I'm going to... And that was another conversation we had the, the other day about uh, repairing alloy wheels. Thankfully, I didn't catch any wheels, but I nearly did. You were just a passenger. There's, it's that, see, that feeling of just being a passenger. It's like the scariest... Your arse is clenching when it's happening, and it's just the worst feeling in the world. It doesn't matter how much experience you have. Let's see if something catches, catches you out like that. You're like, oh. I aquaplaned on the way down here. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I was thinking to myself on the way down here, so if I had a choice of what car to drive down here, you know, I, I don't have the, the, an illustrious car uh, career when it comes to them but for daily drivers, but... You've got a choice from, like, it's basically a new Audi A4 Avant mm-hmm. 40 TFSI or my 17-year-old 525 E61. Yeah. That car all day long, all day long. It's like, what better car could you be in in this weather? It's just like Absolutely. It's just like a tank, yeah. you know, and I love it. It's, it's one of the best cars I've ever had. I love it. Awesome, awesome. And, uh, Ross, you were having some crack in the X5 this morning, you were telling us. Yeah, so uh, I lost a wing mirror today. Nice. Um, just in the school run. And, you know, so it's one of these things. It's, it's, it's not the end of the world. And the thing I've learned a wee bit as I've got older, I used to be so fussy and pernickety about cars, and, you know, a blemish or a scratch or whatever else would have really, like, pissed me off and depressed me. I, you know, this woman today clipped my wing mirror, it was an accident. The bit that pissed me off out of all of it, though, was she kept driving on, so I was out in a full-on Forrest Gump sprint. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's one, look, accidents happen, but it's take ownership of things. So, yeah, it, it was the wing weren't cleaned off it, so, um, yeah. It could have been a hell of a lot worse. It could have been a lot It could have been a kid stepping out. You know, it was the school run, and, and that was kind of the bit that got it for me. Her, her reaction was, oh, I knew it hit something, but I didn't know what it hit. And I was like, oh, Jesus. Well, what the fuck do you think you hit? <laughs> 
you know, it was your wine were clattered at some pace and you kept driving. That was the bit that kind of got me more so in that because, you know, something a wing is a wing That's what you pay for. That's what insurance is for. So yeah. Sort that out. But yeah, it was just the kind of blase attitude. Unreal. But look, it's one of these things. Sure, sure. Look, um, another thing since uh, the last time I talked to you, there's a, there's a big thread in RMS at the moment about, uh, you know, what's happening with interest rates and the cost of everything. Yeah. That's getting pretty grim out there. And I'm in a situation I've never been in before. So I have the Yaris on a PCP. Yep. First car I've ever done it with. So, um, but it's held its value and all the rest. So that's great. But I'm only paying 250 quid a month or something that's like that. So nothing. it's for nothing. But but I'm in fantasy land. Come summertime next year, it's like, well, a balloon payment needs made. Yep. And, and I suppose previously I thought I could just borrow the money, keep the car. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, will the bank lend it to you? Is it going to cost you a fortune? That's that, that's the big thing. I'm I'm kind of similar, Andy. My um my lease is up, my PCP is up in January time with the with the X five. Yeah. And it's kind of the same thing, you know, there's what I have owing on it is a lot less than what the book value is on them. Uh-huh. So, you know, for the first time in a car in like fifteen years I'm I'm in the potential to make money on it. But it's it's still coming up with with a whack of money at the balloon payment at the end of it as opposed yeah. to you know, throwing it in as you were used to, and so there'll be a couple of phone calls between BMW and myself because I, I do think I'm going to keep the car. Uh-huh. There, like, the, the shortage of, of new vehicles at the minute is nuts. So it's it bonkers. Yeah. I mean, we were talking to Andy about it. Yeah, we're, we're, we're looking at uh, changing the 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 family daily, um, which was the A4, um, and we were looking at going for a GTI Club Sport mm-hmm. and. You just cannot put an order on one. No. Nope. Um, there's serious component uh, supply issues with Volkswagen um, it, across the board. You know, I think I think Volkswagen have been hit one of the hardest by, yeah. by the sound of it. So yeah, we were saying like wiring looms and stuff yeah. from Ukraine and that yep. sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, so in the end, I mean, it's first world problems. You know, it's like you're getting to choose a, a new car mm-hmm. and or and. Some some poor soul in Ukraine's getting you know yeah. blown to bits, yeah, and it's like pieces. so. Yeah, you you look at it in a kind of realistic way and say, well, hold on a minute, is it, you know it's not such a a big problem that I've got to wait six to eight months for a car. But we yeah we put an order on a a Mark Eight GTI there last nice. week. So lovely car. Yeah. So um, uh, right. So color spec manual DSG. Come on, you everything that I think a Golf GTI should be bar the gearbox. So it's red. Tartan cloth, yeah, yes, yep. but DSG. D- all right, okay, yeah, all right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and, and what about uh, you can get active suspension and all that sort of stuff in them now? You go first, no, that sort it's of stuff? It basically it's pre order car, all right, okay. So you kind of get what's what's been specced on okay. it. So okay. I think it was like reversing camera and heated seats, stuff like that, no pan roof. Um, but again, first world problems. Oh, yeah, fi- five door. Have they I went? They're all five. They're all five, five that was, yeah, that was my next question. Have they went all five? Mark seven and a halfs were the last ones which you could get a three door because you know we mark off the form. Yep. Mark O'Neill, so he had one of the very last three door Mark seven point fives because everything after that there's gone on to yeah. five door. Okay, it's all gone to pot. Got, yeah, you know, still awesome, awesome to look forward to. I tell you what, it's probably you know one of the the cars that I'm actually excited because. Ultimately, you know, my wife be driving it all the time. Yeah. So it's, it's the family car. But uh, yeah, and no, I'm I'm really excited. But good fun. Yeah. Over, yeah. Yeah. Some change over the A4. 
Yeah, even though it's relatively a similar engine, I'd say it's the 40 TFSI and the A4. Oh, yeah, okay. Which is like yeah, nigh on 200 horsepower, yeah. you know? Yeah, so yeah. Um, I think, I don't, can't remember how much horsepower the, the Mark 8 GTI's got. I, I have, don't know. I have no idea. I've, I haven't, see, this is how much I looked at the yeah, spec. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, what's even worse, the idea you're saying it's, it's the call of 40? Yeah. What the hell's the 40? Right, mean? so the, it's the way they've, uh, it's basically about power levels. Okay. So 30, oh, so I can't remember the 35, but uh, yeah, 35, you're around 150 horsepower. Yeah. 40. You're around the 200 horsepower mark, okay. and it, so it, it sort of just what absolute mentalists come up with that idea. Someone at, told me uh, it was uh, when they, you know, when they start going into uh, hybrid, like electric hybrid stuff. Oh, it's trying to match it's up trying with that. To, like, don't quote me on that. Yeah, yeah, okay. But because the whole 35, 40, 45. Basically, just we, we play fast and loose with the truth here, anyway. So, but, but, <laughs> but you know what? You're so oh, I, I'm not coming from Essex, so I think I'll fit in well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, so no, I uh, that works for me, right? Okay, that make kind of makes sense because, yeah, because yeah, you have like Jag have like P400 and yeah. all that sort of 350 for the height, the numbers, you know. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, Bizarre. just just give me just give me two, a two liter TFSI. I mean, you know, I'm quite easily kept. I mean, Andy probably knows this because uh, I'm a fairly basic guy. You know, I just, I'm a no frills, you know, give me a steering wheel yeah. and a speedo and a rev counter yeah, yeah. and I'll be happy. You know, yeah, I don't need all the modern stuff in a car. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm fairly low tech. Uh, I, I'm not into tech at all. What's all this with these intuitive buttons on the Mark 8 Golf? Someone was, oh, a lot of them are moaning about it. Oh, so. the, the haptic buttons yeah, on that's the, it, oh, haptic, oh, yeah. yeah. The, on the on the the in car entertainment, it's it's pretty bad. Like, is it? Yeah, well, but it's it perfect it. for you. Just leave it off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just just get in and yeah. drive it, and you'll be f- absolutely that. fine. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, uh, uh, Gaz isn't joining us today. He had uh, some some last minute bits and pieces to uh, catch up on. Well, when is when is the golf due? February. February. Yep. Hope my Lotus is here before that. So there should be where we're actually sitting here in my garage is where a flipping Lotus Amira should be sitting. Um, no, that's first world problems. Yeah. It is very much so, and there hasn't been a show that's went by that <laughs> probably since episode one that I've been going to order the Lotus and it hasn't. But you know yet. what I like? It's, it's funny. I was thinking about it the other day. That, like you see people with X Y Z car, right? And I've never aspired to own a car like that. It's just never been on my radar of things. But I look at people. And if it, you know, and it would have been, you you would get a lot of green eye monster out there, mm-hmm. yeah. All I see is some guys work bloody hard, mm-hmm. you know. H- who Andy? Well, <laughs> how else are you supposed to get these things? It says you the know? man who stands at the stand all day in a pair of shorts, talking shape. <laughs> and and, uh... <laughs> and I, I just look at it in a completely different way. It's like, yeah, someone's worked hard for their dream. You know, and I, sacrifice a lot to mm-hmm. to get that. And so, when when someone gets a new car and they're so driven by uh, motor vehicles, yeah, I think do you know what? Fair play. I am with you a hundred percent. You know, because again, and I do think it's something where where we are car people. Car people love seeing other people who have worked hard and whose passion is a car. Um, we talk about the Green Eye Monster. There's um, four member Jimmy Ferguson. Mm-hmm. So just picked up an RSX. Mm-hmm. A beautiful RSX. Gorgeous yep. car. Yep. But Jamie, despite those big shiny white teeth, despite, you know, he's a really humble guy, so he is. You wouldn't, <laughs> you wouldn't hear him. But so we got a picture put up of his daughter picking up the car. 
uh, Agnes put this up. Have, have you seen this? I, I, have, have, I have seen it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had to take the post down because the amount of trolls yeah. who were hassling them, who were going on about it, about, oh, t- tell me your daddy's a millionaire without telling me your daddy's a millionaire. And like this wee girl's 16 or 17, you know, she's just there with her dad picking up his new car and Jamie stayed out of the way and he ended up having to send Agnes a message saying, look, lads, do me if you ever take that down. But it's just typical of that mentality. Well, it's welcome to the... the the wonderful modern oh. day world we live well, in, isn't it? There, there it is. That. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's so awesome, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually fantastic. Because, uh, and I like what he did. I like the idea because those pages need a good trolling. Oh, yeah. See, see the, the, the dealer, you know, like st- someone standing there and God help some of the people that let them their photos be taken, you know, and, and you know, d- uh, delivered by oh, marketing yeah, yeah, sales yeah, yeah. executive. <laughs> You know, yeah. the handover videos. Yeah, 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 absolutely cringe. Just absolutely cringe. So I think I think Jimmy played a blinder. I think and that's I, brilliant. And and I just think it's a shame that uh, that uh, the rest. But, of, but look at three hundred and sixty six likes and one hundred and thirty seven comments. Like the, <laughs> just yeah. went, just and that was before fire. it was taken down. It was just trolls. Yeah. Just complete trolls. Oh, yeah, and I know. But uh, what what a beautiful car, man! It's unreal. So it is the, un, the, uh, unreal. Well, like now, this, now that's that that literally was. Impulsive arse Jamie because he had um, the e-tron GT booked uh-huh. and they were faffing around and they'd done this that and the other and he literally decided I'm not fucking waiting anymore <laughs> where's my car and he goes well you know there could be another delay on it could be this and he goes what's the story of the RS6 and he goes well it's a showroom model he's like I'll take it instead and literally that's how he done the deal unbelievable as, Why not? Uh, which, which is a word that I actually have in my mind not to say too much in this <laughs> podcast because I get an awful hard time about saying oh, really? that word oh yeah and I said all the time. Just say unreal instead. Yeah, yeah, you know. unreal, unreal. <laughs> so, uh, but but that is, and, and like that's, Members Cars and RMS continues to absolutely blow me away. And, yeah. and, and I mean everything from the likes of stuff that you're doing, yeah, just yeah. the whole, you know, it's such the John Payton stuff. Mix, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I like the fact that it's an eclectic mix where you can have the likes of my two and a half grand E61 sitting out there in amongst all that other stuff. And it's like, there's no uh, hierarchy of, of, I've got this. No. And you're, you know, you know, you know remember the two Ronnie sketch where the, the, the three guys are all standing in a line and it's like, I, I'm taller than, I'm, I'm better than you and I look down on you and, you know, it, mm-hmm. it goes backwards and forwards. And, yeah. and the guy at the, at the bottom, he just turns around and says, I know my place, <laughs> you know. That would be me. <laughs> well, I, I'm just looking at the members' car section. So, look, look the, the range of stuff we have from like Siebel's Mark Seven R Estate, uh, an Evo Two. Uh, I thought that I thought that post by JH86 was brilliant. Blackie's new GTI Golf, but, <laughs> but it's not Blackie's Golf. He was just trying to sell it to him. But uh, is he biting on it yet? No, I don't think he's. But is yep, he not? Yeah, but so you've got the C at RS Six. You've got uh, a Mark Mark One Octavia VRS wagon. You know, bad for each. Like, oh. Don't get me started on the word wagon. 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 Yeah, it's such an American thing, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, man. What it's about state, fully SW? State, I'm just going to start calling all my estate shooting brakes, you know? <laughs> well, you did call your A4 in a van earlier on. Did I? Oh, I did, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. See, that's the <laughs> We're trouble. We're all guilty that's, of it. That's the trouble, because <laughs> Audi call it an Avant. 
And I suppose Saab called theirs a sport wagon, didn't they? But yeah. mm. actual wagon in general. I had a Saab sport wagon, so yeah. they were a great car. They were a brilliant car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Factor and a frock, but sure, yeah. it was awesome. It was all this sort of... My brother had a 2.8 V6 turbo oh, yeah, one, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. It was a brilliant car. But, uh, Every time they say wagon, it reminds me. I remember The Simpsons when Homer had the, the Canyon Narrow wagon. <laughs> <laughs> If you don't know what we're talking about, you need to get onto the RMS forum. But I'm, I'm kind of hoping everyone who listens to this podcast has has a clue about uh, what that is. But yeah, the members' car section, and and do you know what? That's what I love about uh, the forum. Even even the moderating team and the guys that run it. You know, there's just such a, a variety of you know. There's Coogan as uh, Suzuki Swift that he you know and and tracks the life out of. Yeah, you know, you know, but but just stuff like that. There's just. It's just great. I don't care. I don't care what you drive. If you yeah. like it and you and you have something to say about it, we want to know about it. You know? But that's what we were touching on because uh, Andy phoned me last night just to get a bit of backstory on me. And uh, there's backstory. a very short there's call. Backstory on me. <laughs> you, know, you could go quite a few places and get a backstory. It won't always be the same. But we were discussing the forum, and I've been here 17 years, and I think within a year of living in Northern Ireland, I'd signed up to the forum mm-hmm. and. It's how, how come that forum has managed to somehow survive uh, the social media cull of basically every internet forum on the planet, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So it, it annihilated all the forums. So how comes RMS has managed to, you know... Do a Noah's Ark. I get the full Jeremy Paxman here. Why? Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. But it's, it's, it says a lot about the content and, uh, and the, the readership, you know, the users. It's like it's somehow managed to stay afloat and, and thrive yeah. in amongst a sea of everybody else drowning you know all the forums have just gone yeah I don't know and it's a real shame the forums are gone because if you especially the model specific forums if, yep. you, if you have an issue with something that's the place to get help and some of those places have just dried up and, and disappeared yep. yeah I, I, one of the things that, that I've kind of thought about the same things you have been because what, what keeps bringing us in to log in every day to, to see what's going on and do you know something I think that there's a good mix of people at some stage, we've all met most of the people of the forum. Yeah. There's a good bunch there that are always available for help if you need it. And one of the things I actually like about the forum is the search function. As you said, Andy, it, it's, you know, in, in the days of social media when, you know, Facebook posts are, you know, those most popular at the top, trying to find something is a nightmare. Whereas RMS's search function, I have to say... Should I pay this parking fine? <laughs> and, and you will guaranteed get a few memes and, and a video and, and the right answer. But, yeah, it, it's... It's down to the users. It's down to the fact that, that it's still there. And is there, is there advertising opportunities on it, Andy? Is there, there could be advertising opportunities on it, Ross, indeed. <laughs> and uh, you need to speak to someone about that. That person might be me. I'm terrible it, at that. It could be. I'm well, terrible at that. can't beat monetizing content. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And now a word from our sponsors. <laughs> do you know why I really wanted to do fake ads on this? You know, like for some sort of fake, uh, like, dealership on the Boucher Road, you know, like... Uh, that and uh, look, just make up like Boucher Avenue and you, you know, uh, taxi special. And we'll, 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 fake taxis, Andy. What are you talking about? We'll, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll wind 100k off your Octo- Octavia when it's in for, <laughs> for a free taxi service. So I think Yuri's got that covered, hasn't he? Oh, yeah, the, yeah. Well, yeah, that's well covered. That's well covered. <laughs> so, um, anyway, look, uh, we'll, uh, 
I haven't been up at, at much else. This, this weather is grim. The flipping uh, my my Lotus isn't here. Uh, I didn't mean to click on. Sorry, that we went off on a, yeah, a yeah. tangent. There. We did. We did indeed. Uh, my Lotus isn't here. There was a video. Uh, Harry's Gary's did a video there of uh, interviewing uh, Matt or Wendell, the MD of Lotus, and they say the cars are going to be here soon. I don't really want it now before Christmas. I'd rather it be a 2023 car. So, but I'll get it whenever I'm given it because I don't want to lose my position in the queue. Is it, but is it done and built? It's supposed to be supposedly being built at the moment. Right. But I want to go and pick it up from, from the don't factory. You know, look too stressed about it. Well, this is this this I've been flipping. Well, when you look behind you, and you see a yard that's getting used properly, staged. staged. It's absolutely staged. It's absolutely stinking. Yeah. But to be honest, there is something actually. Uh, for anybody who's listening, we're sitting in Andy's garage. He's already said, and it's like the coolest podcast back set. You, because you missed out a, a, a word from that Andy's garage. Yeah, oh, heated. Yes. Heated. Heated. Yeah. Oh, but my heat. God. Triple garage. Uh, With honestly, Nor- Northern Ireland drinking water. <laughs> NI free, water, free, free water, water <laughs> in the bottle. <laughs> serious garage, Andy. But again, it's one of those things, anywhere it comes down to, like, for me as a car guy coming in here to see, like this is something you've worked hard for. This is like this is your baby here, and it's That's my freaking, man cave for sure. It's awesome to see, man. And honestly, it, it, it really is. And so we're sitting in here, we're podcasting around it. We've got a big screen in front of us. We've got a dirty yard GR behind but us. It's absolutely horrendous. It's a bit of fun. What a cool place to do it. Wait, stop! Let, stop all this flipping water bitery, flipping uh, back slapping here. Ben, welcome to the show. We're gonna we're gonna talk about you now because I've had enough of talking about me and my garage and <laughs> flipping cars I don't have here. Have you managed to do a single podcast without mentioning the Aris? Mm, Is there one? No, no, <laughs> right. no, no. You're gonna take me out in that one day. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll sell it to you. No, you're all right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always play, play poverty. You know. Yeah. It would yeah. look. Uh, you're on the forum. You're yes. here 17 years. You're you're a big air cool man, which is which is not your bread and butter, but almost your bread and butter. Working on everything from Beatles to we we're talking earlier on to Ast, classic Aston Vantages. Yep. Uh, also involved in the uh, drag racing scene. Yep. So what what's what's the deal? Uh, tell us about uh, tell us about yourself. So first of all, you're. What are you working on? Have you anything in the garage at the moment you're working on? Only, I've got 74 Beetle that we built over the lockdowns. Okay. Um, Drag car or a road no, car? complete road car. It was a bit of fun for my daughter. Um, originally, I built that car, well, started building the car because I wanted to give my daughter something to focus on, mm-hmm. you know, fo- focus her energy because um, she's uh, she's got a lot of it. So, but... As soon as I got stuck into it, it was pretty clear she didn't want nothing to do with it. And, you know, there's no way I'm going to turn around to her and say, right, you're coming in the garage today and you're turning spanners. You know, I'm not that sort of dad. So I thought, right, if she's not going to be part of that process, then at least let's make this the car that when she turns up to school in it and when she goes and gets the ice cream, it's her car and she feels special, you know. So she picked the colour and a lot of the sort of how the car was going to look. I'm going to get a picture of that up. I'm going to put, I'm going to put that in the, uh, in the show notes as, as well. So uh, how, how cool to be able to... Uh, we, we were talking about this, about Beatles and, uh, the other night, and they're a Marmite car, aren't they? So some people love uh, them. 
and some people hate them. There's no in-between. No. With so many cars, you can go, oh, they're all right. I wouldn't be dying about them, but they're all right. Yeah. Whereas with a Beetle, it's either love them or hate them, like and absolutely hate them. <laughs> and you'll find that with like a lot of the Mark One, Mark Two Escort guys, they will just like you know, it will make their teeth, their toes curl up. Yeah, yeah. The, the thoughts of a Volkswagen Beetle, you well, know. And, and and thinking about that, so they're not for me. I'll be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, completely. But, but see, but see, it. but see the thought of you saying, "Well, it's for your daughter," and she teach. I was like, "Hi, cool." Man, yeah, awesome. I, that sounds absolutely incredible. So, you know where that picture is. Yeah, I'm just... Is it this car? Yep, it's that car. And this minty green? Yeah. What, what, what's the, co- what's the Ford, colour? That's my take on Ford's 1970s colour, Ford peppermint green. Peppermint green. Yep. That's awesome looking. Yeah, so we'll post that in the, in the, in the show notes. And, and, tell, and, and where's, where's this? That's Mizzen Head. Ah, okay. Ah, right, okay. I did last... Well, pretty much this time last year, one of my best friends, um, bless her, she got cancer, and she was at the move out of her premises in Cornwall. Mm -hmm. And uh, because of COVID, trying to rent a property in Cornwall, everybody who had a rental property, it just became a staycation property. Mm -hmm. House price... Like, the rental prices were just nuts. So for her to afford somewhere, while she was having the treatment and stuff, it was just... Um, so I said, look, we've got to do something for you, you know? So I did Malin to Mizzen yeah. in the Beetle awesome. in November. <laughs> and you've got to remember, because there's a turbo motor in it, normally you would have, like, an air-cooled Porsche, you'd have heat exchangers mm-hmm. for your heating system. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, because you've no, you've no piped water in a, no, in no. through a heater matrix. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's got no heating because I've run J-tubes from the, the cylinder heads um, for the turbo header. And so it was brutal. And all I had, I stole my daughter's little sort of snake hot water bottle. <laughs> and every time I stopped at services, I'd go in there, get more boiling water, top it up. And yeah. it was just over my lap the whole journey. It was bitter. But brilliant. It was a brilliant adventure. I mean, we raised a lot of money. I think we raised over five grand. And I can't, oh, wow. can't thank everybody enough who donated to that and made Tan's life a lot more comfortable mm-hmm. than it would have been. But uh, I would love to do that one again, but over, say, two weeks, mm-hmm. you know, and do the coast. Because yeah. I just literally went from point to point. Yeah. So a lot of it was motorway just to get the job done. Um, but... I mean, the car didn't miss a beat. Yeah, it was unreal. So, what? So, what engine is it running? How much so power? What? What's the What's the story? A, a rig, I mean, you know from my username on the forum, a fifty-six oval was yep. my previous car, mm-hmm. and that that car was that had a two hundred horsepower stroke motor in it, and it was way too much for the street. <laughs> way too much. Uh, I mean, that car. I remember. You know, I remember racing Warren Mercer in his. Uh, what did he have back then? R8 or something like that? No, no, he had... Uh, M4. M4. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were at Bishop's Court drag oh, racing. Yes, yes, uh-huh. yes, I seen this. And uh, yep. I raced Warren in, in the Beetle in his brand new M4 and it absolutely destroyed him. <laughs> you know, that thing was... That was a fast car, that That's unreal. There's, it a, was, there's a video of that there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was a... People don't understand how, how quickly you can make them things go, you yeah. know? And it's, it's all about acceleration and because you've got the, the engine... Right over the, over the back world. axle. Yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. just hook up so yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then 
once you've got past the eighth mile, you're a passenger, and, and anything that's got a lot more horsepower is is catching you. Yeah, you know, but yeah. that first, you know, eighth mile, you, you're you're away, and it's it's awesome. good fun. But so I said this time, that's not happening. You know, it's it needs to be something fun. It was never going to be the original engine. Yeah, in the guys that it came with a car because they're like a wheezy forty horsepower. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, I mean, they're fun to a degree if you just want What, what, what do they weigh? Uh, the Under old, a ton, I'm the sure. Old, the, old, the oval was like 750. Oh, that'll, be about, that'll be about 850, I'd yeah, say. Nothing. Yeah, nothing. Um, so I took the original engine that came with the car. Um, that car was 1,400 quid, I think I paid for that. And uh, compression tested it and it was like 150 psi on all four bit of end float on the crank i was like nah we'll use it as a test bed Mm -hmm. so i had uh what was it a turbo from the old Vauxhall nova 1500 td the old oh yeah i had one of them sitting in the shed i had a renault 5 turbo carb sitting there Uh and i just made everything (laughs) just made everything and that whole turbo motor cost me 200 quid to build unbelievable and it went there's there's the word again but um, that's unreal (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so it went from standard there 40 horsepower on seven or eight pound of boost it made 75 so okay. i almost doubled the factory output yeah, yeah, yeah. for just, 200 quid yeah just by throwing stuff together yeah. yeah yeah and it has helped i mean i cannot believe i drove that to england last year with all my plastering gear because um, my brother's doing the extension and i was going over there uh to a show at santa pod and then was going to stay on at my brother's for a month do his plastering. So I literally loaded the Beetle up with all the plastering gear, went over there and uh, did all that. And it's just it, the thing had not it hasn't missed a beat. So so and this is I'm, I'm trying to get my head around this. So you, so the day job the ones as a plaster. So you're you're I'm sk- retired. Retired. You're, yeah, you're, I'm done. You're skimming walls and all the rest. Yeah. And like, are you not thinking about right? I just want to work with really intricate, yeah. you know, yep, uh, twin forty fives or turbos or uh, fuel systems or, and all that sort of yeah kind of. it's like always, and then when you're doing that are you thinking I have flip out wish from plastic walls <laughs> no absolutely not I've done I've been on my own plastering and other stuff since 2004 mm-hmm. and you know I've got arthritis in my wrists and my shoulders and stuff from just being on the trail all the time and I always said I would never make my hobby my job mm-hmm. and now I'm at that stage where it's actually a privilege to have my hobby paying my bills. You know, that people, that, that people phone me up and say, I've got your number from so-and-so, and they say that you're the man to, could you look at the car for me? Mm-hmm. And every time you get a call like that, it's like, it, it makes you think, wow, you know, because I do, I, every car that comes to me, I put 110% into mm-hmm. it. You know, it's like, it's not a, that's as good as I can get it. And there's, there's always somewhere under the curve that isn't right, you know. Mm-hmm. For me, when you're tuning a, an aspirated, carbureted car, there's always somewhere that needs work. And it's normally, anyone can tune flat out. Yeah. Yeah, top end horsepower. That is the easiest part of the equation. But... Making them drive and be docile mm-hmm. on part throttle, on transition, that's where you have to put hours and hours of work in. And I won't stop 
until I get it as, as until I'm happy with it. Yeah. You know, I've never been prepared to let a car go out the door and say, well, that's as good as you're going to get it. You know, it's like, no, it stays with me until I know that that thing is as bang on as it can be, you know, and it takes a lot of work and effort. Yeah. It really that's, does. Uh, no, but that's uh, unbelievable. That is obsession. But I love it. But, I mean, it's like John Peden's Mark II Escort. Yeah. He ran, the silver one, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's an incredible car. That's got a two-litre Z-Tech in it that was built by Patton. Um, they're good for, I think they're 130 horsepower standard. Patton's done all, you know, it's a standard, all the standard factory components in the engine, but it's got skimmed head and, all. you know, it's been uh, gone through and it should be good for 170 horsepower. Yep. Now, you look under the bonnet, and I love the way John's done it. He's made it look like a factory B- BDA mm-hmm. you know it's you've got the retro uh, sort of twin cam rocker cover on it mm-hmm. stuff like that he's yeah. even he even managed to get parts of a BDA airbox because like they're hen's teeth and if you did find one it'd be fortunes and believe it or not that car there was a four door car I remember that yeah unreal it, he is Guy's a genius. He is unbelievable, and he he has been an absolute pleasure to work for. I think we did about four or five visits with John um, to get his car really where I wanted it. And you you drive it now, and once it's warmed up, it, you'd think it was on fuel injection. You know. Well, I'm not, I'm looking at. The, we'll post a picture in the show notes, but it's a it's a silver two door, but wasn't a two door originally. Yep. Mark Mark two uh, with. Uh, Escort. Blew down the doors. Uh, am I right in saying, was it left-hand drive originally as it's well? Still it? It's still left-hand John, drive. John wanted to retain it left-hand drive. Okay, okay. I, think, I think it's good that he left it that way. It's, it's, but it's I did see videos that either you or he had up on Instagram of you know doing railroad tests. Yep. And, and that goes back, I think, Ben, to, to why people do go to you now. Because you know, you're not a nine-tenths person. You're, you're obsessive about making sure that it's as good as... If it, if it was your car and you're driving yep. it, and, and again, anybody who spends any time speaking to you, and this goes back to I think what we were all talking about about passion. When you've got the passion in what you're doing, it's not it's not just a job; it's your hobby. It, it's it's something you're passionate about. I think that's why you know it shines through just what a kind of nice guy you are, and and how you take these things on, and you just it's the same as Lee's um, Jetta, you yeah. know. Oh. Amazing the work car. you've done that there is, and, yeah. and how that car sounds even it, it, yeah. it's just there's something so sexy about it that that how it looks how it sounds how it now drives yeah. Connor can't sing your praises enough mm-hmm. as, as you're well aware of just on, on the work and as he says it drives like a fuel injected car look if people are worried about EVs taking over and all the rest thank God with people like you Ben to you know that will keep these old cars not only alive but in their best possible shape of tune yeah i'm in a as i said to you i'm in a really privileged position that the old guys that did all this have retired you know they've 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 retired shut shop Mm -hmm. and the sons that were doing it or sorry were working in the shop they didn't necessarily have the interest in those cars so they went with the more modern technology whilst the garages uh you know, prog- progressed in uh, serving uh, the community. So that you went from the, you know, the, the carbureted aspirated cars into fuel injection. And, yeah. you know, you went into this plug and, uh, plug-in era. Yeah. And so the guys that were doing what I'm doing, 
most of them have retired now. So who fills that void? Well, the, and, the dealers are having exactly the same problem at the moment because they still need cars serviced yeah. and people coming out of doing a motoring degree or whatever, whatever else, you know, apprenticeship, they don't want to be working on, a, on technology that's going to be outdated in five or ten years because EVs are coming in. So they can't, they can't even get I mechanics as it is. there's more to it than that. I think that because of the two years of the lockdowns that we uh, all went through, many industries lost a lot of their uh, staff, whether it be if you're in the, this, you know, in the restaurant industry, in the pub industry, yeah. in the motoring industry, you know, these guys or guys and girls got put on furlough, had to do something with their time. Yeah. If you were, you know, extended periods of being furloughed, it's like, well, I'm not going to sit at home all day. So some of them started driving for the likes of, excuse me, Amazon. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you've, you've got a, a workforce that has decided, hold on a minute, I can work for Amazon delivering parcels on a decent rate of pay without the pressures put upon me that the, you know, particularly the vehicle industry yeah. give me uh, and the pub industry. You know, I, I don't have that issue of working weekends, I've got much more flexible hours. Yeah, yeah. So you've all of a sudden got a workforce that's just gone, no, no thanks, I'm not yeah. going back to that. Yeah, yeah, so it's such a brain drain and then suddenly... Yeah, yeah, yeah so I can totally see why, you know, the motor industry is, has got a severe lack of technicians. Yeah. Because they're like, no, I can get paid better money doing less and not having a stressful life. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, but but you are a man by the signs of things. You do you want a wee bit of stress with 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 these with these vehicles? Why? I so, what- think um, I think it's really important that you do stress yourself. And when I say stress, I don't mean like oh, I'm really stressed out. Stress as in put yourself under some sort of load. Yeah, yeah? and that you've got to throw yourself into something and, and absorb yourself and. With that comes reward, yeah. You know, um, and it's like that goes on from mental health. You know, it's like my with the cut the 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 beetle that we just built. You know, I don't necessarily get my enjoyment from driving them. Mm-hmm. My sole enjoyment is from building them. Yeah, because I can lose myself in the garage and be so consumed on just like building a throttle linkage. For a carburetor that came off a Renault 5, um, how am I going to build a throttle linkage? Because it's on the, the opposite side of what it came with on the Volkswagen. Mm-hmm. And you think your way around it, and all of a sudden you've lost like five hours. Yeah. But you've built something that costs you nothing because yeah. you've got it out of the scrap pile yep. of other carburetors and you've built it. And it's like, it's therapy. I mean, it, it really is therapy. You're so absorbed. So where, where did that come from? So how have you got to that point? You know, is it, was this in the family then that, uh, you know, were friends or what, where, where, did, where did the love of cars come from? My and, dad was a tool maker for Ford Dagnum plant. Okay. Um, so we were always... Ne- near home then? Back, yeah, back, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like 20, 20 minute drive down yep. the Dagnum plant. Um, so we always had, you know, Mark, Mark Four Cortina sitting out on <laughs> axle stands on the estate, you know, with the, the cylinder head ripped off it Brilliant. Uh, all the time. Um, but then my dad never wanted me to go to Fords. Uh, oh, really? I've covered this before, yeah. And he, he knew 
the industry. Uh, my dad was a shop steward there at, at one point, and it was, he's like, I don't care what you do, son, but you're not going and working for Vault. Okay. You know, he was adamant, you know. And I've got friends who, who left school who are my age. They're mm-hmm. still working there, you know, because mm. they're, they're um, one of my mates. His dad went, worked at Ford's. Yeah. And so some, for some people, it was, a, you know, just a natural thing that the, yeah. the, the family, son, whatever, went and worked for Ford's. And, and it has been a job for life. And for, I can imagine that not only that, but uh, friends and family all worked for them as well. And it was like yeah, a, big, a big community, you know, enormous, yeah. Enormous. Yeah, you know, yeah. Enormous employer. Um, I don't know what they do down there now. I know they used to do the diesel, you know, mm-hmm. diesel engines were being built down there, but I have no idea what they build. My mate sometimes sends me pictures from the Heritage Collection mm-hmm. down there. Oh, I'm in the Heritage Centre today, just yeah. messing about, pushing. You know, he's... Uh, like, uh, he keeps the railroads going and stuff like that down okay. there. And, but it's, uh, it's a phenomenal site. It's unbelievable. And so you didn't go into that, so, but, but you were tinkering at home then, and yeah. then, but you were going into the plastering at the same time no, then, no? no? No, I went into the print. Print? Yeah, okay. I, was, I was in the print for years, and uh, I'll keep that short. Just got fed up with it. Yeah. And I, I, you went, and I, I'm not even joking about this. When I was 22, finished my apprenticeship, um, a 22-year-old was on a £1,000 a week doing what I was doing. What? Yep. I was a scanner operator. Uh-huh. Um, now, back in the day, we had drum scanners. Okay. So you scanned all the slide photos uh-huh. on a special machine that separated in uh, CMYK, sign magenta, yellow, black. Yeah. And scanner operators were the prima donna. Okay. You know, you were the man because you knew colour. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, someone bought out a desktop scanner. It all went yep. digital, and like that was the end of it. You know, yeah. it's like I can see which way this is going, and basically, you're going to go. You've got an industry that's going to go away from quality and look at price. Mm-hmm. You know, it's how much can we get for price? You know, so it was a, it was a race to the bottom, and I didn't want to be part of it. So I was like, right, what am I going to do now? And so, and what were you driving back then? Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> what was I driving back then? Oh man, one of the worst cars I've ever bought. A Mark V Ford Orion. Ooh. Yeah, it was my uncle's car. And what it, we're talking like late 80s, early 90s? No, that was a 90s car, like yeah. 91, 92. Yeah, yeah. And it was Vicar Burgundy. Oh, Vicar Burgundy, yeah, nice. Yeah, 1400 LX. Oh, beautiful. Sexy, but Sexy. for me, I don't like since I was my first ever car was a like for me when I was 17 was a 1972 bay window camper, yeah, which is awesome, yeah, yeah. And all my mates were in XR3Is, RS yeah. turbos, and they're yeah. like, What are you doing? Yeah. But then when they see me just blatting around the country every weekend, just having a ball, and yeah. that, and back then, you know, all my mates had borrowed money to, to get these cars, mm-hmm. you know, so it was it, it was like, No, this is what I want to do. It's and so my boring cars were just a means to an end, mm-hmm. you know. It was always the Volkswagens that were I'd, – I'd always had two cars, the Classic, you know. Or the, yep. But they weren't really Classics back then. They were still like – So they were be 15-year-old, 15 15 17-year-old yeah. cars, you know. The BMW's 17 year, years yeah. old, you yeah, know. Yeah. So they weren't old, old, but they were cheap. Yeah. And uh, so I used the boring cars as a, as a means to just get to work. Yeah. But I did laugh, I was thinking about this last night, that that Orion, the Mark V uh, Escort platform, 
has to be the worst interior Ford ever come up with. Yeah. It's horrible. I mean, it is just horrible. And I saw a folk, uh, Escort Cosworth mm-hmm. for sale, Norman McCulloch fella. Um, I know him. And uh, I actually messed him back because uh, someone I know was possibly interested. But he had a, a really nice imperial blue. Uh, Gorgeous. 60,000 or 70,000 mile from there. I mean, it was immaculate. But it was 65 grand. And I'm like, could I pay 65 grand to look at a Mark V dash? <laughs> you know, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. So, it did, yeah, it, did, it sort of brought me back to that Orion. And, but so it did it. It's, I've not had a good car career when it comes to, you know. But you had the camper, so you must have been, there must have been a scene going on Oh, it's back phenomenal. Then. Phenomenal. Like, there was this one show at Santa Pod Raceway called mm-hmm. Bug Jam. Yep. And I think the first one I ever went to was 1990. And that just changed everything for me. You know, it was like, it was a festival. It was drag racing. And it was all like one mark in a, in a, a huge... Camping, barbecue, few beers, yeah. all the rest. All the rest, yeah. All the rest. Yeah, yeah I suppose the early 90s, all yeah. the rest. Yeah. And, and speaking of that, you sent me a picture and uh, of you... Uh, oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, speaking of all the rest, so you're a DJ. Yep. I used to it, oh, DJ. Yes. That is, uh, believe it or not, that was original paint, that so, van. Okay, so That's we're looking at a camper here with uh, a, a very young Ben yep. uh, with fairly uh, curly-looking hair here. Uh, I, I just had it cut. It was down to here. Oh, yeah? Yeah, seriously. Like, and, a, and, a, and a set of decks in, yeah, in the van. Yeah, 12 in the van with like, a PA in it. Um, and that van, uh, Volkswagen split-screen van, mm-hmm. 1966, one of seven only ever built from the Hanover factory. That's twin sliding door from factory. Jeez. Factory ragtop, factory you know, wind, uh, window skylights. Um, the beacon on the front was because it was a baggage van for Lufthansa at Geneva <laughs> Airport. <laughs> it had 12,000 kilometres from new when I bought it. Unreal. Yeah. That van now, go on, have a guess. I know where it is. It's in a collection in America. How much do you reckon if you wanted to buy that van now? Is it something bongers like... Six figures, hundred yep. grand or something like that. Sorry, how much? Hundred grand, double that. Holy wow. shit! Yep. But, and what did you get for it back then? Seven. <sighs> wow. And it, I sold it for twenty. Yeah. Wow. You know? That's unbelievable. Yeah. It, the, the the whole thing has just gone nuts, and that's that's why another reason I built that car. Yeah. Because. I'm much, I'm much more endeared, by the way, to a camper than I am a Beetle. Yeah. I, don't, I don't understand why, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, but it's like, that's cool. why would you pay 40 grand to live like a homeless person? <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's just... I, for me, they've, they've gone too far. Yeah. You know? Um, I look after quite a few... Uh, well, that's com- almost converted T6 money or something like exactly, that, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. Or a proper bespoke-built Heimer... Or, yeah. you know, Fiat Ducato on a decent... Yeah, you know, if you want a good coach built. Yeah. And I just don't see why you would want... It's horses for courses, you know, whatever there, There's nostalgia, but then there comes a point where you want to have a bit of yeah. comfort and a bit of everything else. Well, look, that's why VW have released the ID buzz, because of the, the whole uh, harking back to that style of style of motoring, because yep. they're not any bigger. They're not the size of a T6 or a Heimer or whatever No, else. they're slightly smaller. Yeah. And Volkswagen have released a... a not the ID Buzz, because that's electric, isn't it? Yeah. But there's another one they've released, okay. which is uh, 
it's kind of an in-between size. It's like, do you remember the, not the Charan, the Touran? Yep. It's like a bigger version of the Touran. Okay. I can't remember what it's called, but basically it's a smaller transporter. Okay. Never, have you not seen it? Maybe half. We'll have to have a, we'll have a look at that. It's quite a cool little thing. I am going to show you something, and this, this sums up where I'm at with my hobby. All okay, right. so we're going to so, have to try and describe it to the listeners here because, and, and we'll stick it in the show notes, whatever Ben's going to show me. Right. We'll ha- we haven't seen it yet, so we're... So, <laughs> was this another picture from the 90s no, and all that is, other stuff? this is where the scene is at. Okay. Right, the, that car cost me, including buying the car, less than four grand to build the whole car, including the turbo motor, everything. And I'm on loads of the air-cooled groups yep. on Facebook, and... Prices of stuff is just astronomical, yeah. and it doesn't represent what was a cheap hobby to me. Yeah, so parts, you know? everything's just... So, you want an engine for your Volkswagen camper, mm-hmm. right? So, 1900cc, it's 1600 standard, so it's bored out, no big deal, you know? Um, it's got mild performance cam, uh, it's a used case, um, there's nothing special about it at all. If it makes... 80 to 100 horsepower, you'd be lucky. Mm-hmm. Comes with twin carbs, doesn't come with uh, a clutch or an exhaust. So 80 to 100 horsepower, you can go and buy like an 80 to 100 horsepower Zafira engine for like 50 quid. Yeah. How much do you reckon? Oh, I don't know, again, is it a couple of grand? Have a, keep going. Five. Keep going. Ten. Eight, seven, nine, fifty. Eight grand for a, an 80 horsepower engine. And I just think that is just... That's, that's nuts. That's mental. That's not where... You buy, you buy a, a 2J, yeah. 2, 2JZ yeah. uh, Toyota yeah, exactly. super engine cheaper than that. Yeah. And I just think it is but just... But people are buying them. Yeah, then, and that, completely. That's the, that's the and I just think it's obscene. And that's not me being kind of... Uh, oh, I've got an axe to grind or any bit and this yeah. or any... It's just like, no. It just don't represent, to me... What this scene was all about, yeah, you know what we did as kids, and I know things progress, but it, it, eight grand for an eighty horsepower engine as part crap. of it, in your opinion, yeah, is it a bit of a pissing competition now? Who can spend the more money to keep a more original, crappy <sighs> thing? In some I ways, no. Um, I mean, listen, there's vans out there. I know of quite a few of these vans. They've got well over two hundred grand invested in them. Oh wow, yeah, but but. But everybody's got their thing. Yeah. Yeah, well, so, you know? so, so you're going to Bug Jam, you're DJing, yep. you're, in, you're in the scene, you must be starting to get a bit of work then off, off these guys. No, because no? No, it, it was just, I was out there to enjoy myself. Okay. You know, so the, the whole tuning thing didn't start until I moved over here. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. I think the first one I tuned, like, I, I did my own tuning on my own stuff for years. Okay, yeah. But then when I came over here, it was just slowly just do, tinkering about doing bits for people and then... Yeah. Sorry, I went went off on another. T- I'm good at this. No, Go, that's going what, off on tangents. That's what we're here I'm for. But really we have we have not so, much of an agenda at all, you know. Um, and I came over here, and people were like, "Oh, could you tune this for me? Could you tune that for me?" And when I came over with the Oval, that was really the first one of the first hot street cars in the country. Mm-hmm. And 
a lot of people were like, oh, yeah, this is where I want to go. And, um, and that, that engine was unbelievable. The first engine, it, it had Porsche rods in it. You know, it's a really nice, I mean, it's a 150 horsepower engine, but mm-hmm. I mean, I lapped the Nürburgring in that car with okay. that engine. Yeah. And uh, it was just, it was the perfect combination. Did you drive it over there too? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The whole lot. Yeah. Awesome. The whole thing. Did you bring your uh, your your daughter's uh, thing to keep you warm as well, or did you have a heater in that no, one? No, didn't have a heater in that no one heater. either. And that was the middle of summer, so we were all right. But yeah. uh, that was a tour me and my wife did uh, around Germany. It was brilliant. Um, Cracker. Uh, but yeah, so the tuning aspect of it just as I kind of have accidentally sort of stumbled into it, mm-hmm. you know. I I don't understand how how you could accidentally stumble. Obviously, people were, were seeing you doing yeah. it. Yep. And, they, yeah, and people saw that your car was quicker than theirs, so they got talking to you in car scenes and stuff like that. So uh, I'm assuming that's how, yeah, how that, it kind of grew then. Yeah, there was a lot of people like the Wilkinsons, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Neil, they, yeah. they wanted to beat me so bad. Neil, oh. Neil won't mind me saying this, <laughs> right? He, he's actually got my old oval now. Okay, awesome. Um, but yeah, those guys wanted, they wanted to run the numbers, you know, and, uh, they weren't scared to get on, get on with it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, it costs money, so much money to make a Volkswagen, like go really fast. Yeah. Um, but no, they got stuck in. I mean, Neil with his old race car, he, he ran, I think an 11 one, um, he was so close to run. He really wanted to run a 10, yeah. you know, and it was in it, you know, on the right day, it would have run a 10, but he just, he never quite got that number. But, um, and were you doing the drag racing before you came over here then? I, I the pod was, and I all was, yeah, stuff? Yeah, I mean, I was there. I basically spent every weekend I could at Santa Pod from the age of 17. Well, look, no, well, there, there we go. No, no wonder people knew fast car he's building itself I himself I need to talk to that man because he can make my car fast that, uh, that we're, we're simple beasts yeah I was never an engine builder I've got a friend in Armagh Dave Wheatley who's, yeah. who's an incredible he's genius mm-hmm. you know he's got the fastest Beetle in Ireland I mean that's a nine second car wow um, that's nine yeah, seconds nine seconds just... nine what's he gone about 987 at 144 mile an hour Holy something like shit. that that's um, unreal yeah and that's through like a standard style gearbox uh, floor pan car you know there's nothing fancy about it um, he built the engine himself and the, the engine is incredible it's uh, you've got the wedge shape camper vans which is the t3 or type 25 mm-hmm. now they were the first water cooled ones they were called water boxers okay and uh it was basically like air cooled flat four style with water jacketed heads mm-hmm. and what dave did was he no there weren't water jacketed heads there was a water jacket around the cylinders and uh basically dave machined the water jackets off of the block converted it to an air cooled style uh engine I did the cylinder heads for that car, actually. I ported the heads for him. It was a set of super flows. And uh, he put it all together. And that thing went out and run tens straight off the bat. And That's just incredible. Started splitting cylinders. This is the cool bit. I love this bit. So he was splitting. You can buy aftermarket cylinders for these things and turn them to whatever size you want or whatever length you want. And with the boost he was running, he was just splitting the cylinders. Yep. So it's like, right, I've had enough of this. I'm going to make my own cylinders. Okay. So he got in contact with someone and found out uh, what material was used to make the Darton sleeves for the Subarus, mm-hmm. got hold of a billet of this stuff, mm-hmm. and he turned his own cylinders in his shop. Unbelievable. Good God. Unreal. Unreal. 
it's like I mean it was phenomenal like and now that thing I mean I don't know how much boost he's putting through it but it's well I think it's 450 horsepower something like that and something that weighs it's only 2.1 litres it's not massive Um, and fair play to Mark and Liam at Elite Motor Performance in RMR I mean they've done all the dyno work Mm -hmm. that car has spent hundreds upon hundreds of hours on that dyno yeah um, Mark has been instrumental in making that thing work. It's just phenomenal. Well, here here's a thing about setup, and I'm just I'm just it's just coming to me because you're you're obviously so uh, you take a lot of time in setting the car up. When you're on the drag strip, you only have eleven seconds yep. to deal with. So everything you do up until that point, you can't do enough. Nearly would that be fair to yeah, say? Yes, a lot of it. I mean, you go to a track, and a track will be. You know, Santa Pod, you, you'll go there on like a, a non-event day and it won't be a prep track, you mm-hmm. know, so it'll rubber in a bit over the day and it'll get faster. Um, then you'll get an event day where the track will be glued. Um, but over here, you just get what you get. And yeah. Bishop's Court was all, always phenomenal. The 60-foot at Bishop's Court was really? incredible. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was just... Is that because it was so rough? Or, or no, what makes it they nice? actually, I remember they melted a load of tar, just liquid tar over the first sort of 100 foot of the track, both lanes. And that thing, you know, by mid-morning, once it had rubbered up, mm-hmm. was unreal for grip. I mean, we see 60 foot standing the 1.6s, I think it was, um, which is, I mean, that's, that's really good. Mm-hmm. I think Michael White was 1.5s in the OMA Subaru. Yeah. You know, but that, I mean, that car's just an animal. Yeah, um, phenomenal. Yeah. And I'm hoping, well, we are, we're going back to Bishop's Court, which I'm quite excited about. Ooh, excellent. So can we go on to the the drag racing aspect of what, yeah. we're, what we're going to be doing next year. Um, so so you've, you're into the air cold. Yep. You're going to the drag racing in England. Then you come over here and you're known for drag racing. You're known for building fast cars. And then you're getting a bit of work, and now you're you're bringing you're bringing the drag racing to Northern Ireland in in, in a shape or a shape or form. So and and now you're working with straightliners. How has that how has that whole thing come together? Right, that's that's been probably ten years in the making. Okay, um, we got involved with uh, the previous guys at Bishop's Court. Yep. <clears throat> Excuse me, and. Every time we went there, it was like, oh, man, this could be so much better. You know, there's so many ways you could improve this and, and give the racers a far better experience. Yeah. And eventually, like, we managed to sort of crack nuts. And I'm not, you know, head nuts, not me. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and sort of get a former relationship that we were there to help and improve what was already there. And so I started commentating and, you know, a couple of the other guys, Dave Wheatley as well, and we, we all got involved because we thought that if we could improve it, the experience would be better for the races and that more would come and stay rather than come in and say, no, nah, this isn't for me. Mm-hmm. This isn't, you know, this, it's not what I expected or it's, it's not how I want. I want good value for money. Ultimately, I want good value for money when I come and, um, you know, put my hard-earned cash down to come and, and race for the day. So we made a load of little improvements here and there, and by the end of it, we, we, I think we, we did great things mm-hmm. at Bishop's Court. And uh, 
we ended up uh, creating an event called Drag Day. Mm -hmm. And that, in my opinion, is still the best event that's ever happened in this country Um, because we built something really special and we built a relationship with the racers, Mm -hmm. uh, which I think is so key. You know, my whole objective every time I go to the track, uh, if I'm involved in running stuff, is to make people feel special. And you could have a guy like Michael White turn up, Mm -hmm. who's king of... You know, he's king of the tree. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the fastest car in Ireland. Uh, well, it's not now Barnaby Levy's beating, but re- realistically, on mm-hmm. any given day mm-hmm. at Bishop's Court, he's the fastest man mm-hmm. there. Great guy. A lot of time for him. And then you've got a guy who turns up and he's 500 pound, you know, Renault. Mm-hmm. And I think it's vital, absolutely vital, that I treat that guy with a 500-pound Renault, and I put him on the same shelf as the Michael Whites of this world. And it, he has to feel special because then he feels, he feels part of something. Yeah. You make someone feel part of something, they'll want to come back. Yeah. So every, all, you know, that's always been my ethos with the racers. You make them feel special. Then you build a family not like a Vin Diesel-style family, you know, <laughs> but you build something and then you've got something that you can carry on into the future and we were really going places. You know, we had a great relationship with the racers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was phenomenal. And then all of a sudden we lost Bishop's Court and yeah. that was the end of that. So I decided to run Drag Day and a skilling. At St. Angelo. Yep. And don't believe the hype about plasterers and the loads of money like <laughs> Harry Enfield thing um, to put Enniskillen on for one day for one Sunday in the middle of September that's a 20 grand gig wow Jesus yep I don't think those sorts of numbers would be that's a 20, bandied about in Northern Ireland yep, for that type of thing 20 grand gig wow you know it's huge which is why it's so important to see what you're doing with building that community not only you need you need people to come interested in it and and the people who do it want to be know that there's events to go back to and yep. and uh, work on their car and get better and faster and yep. be competitive and get real fun out of it but then you guys obviously need then if that's the cost of the venues as well it's like there's a whole ecosystem yeah completely you know and, and one bad event will put anybody's lights out yeah you know you won't be able to do it again yeah you know, so. and i'm sure as well ben you know it's one of the things that, I've watched this through the forums and read, you know, I'm always very aware of what people are talking about, what's going on, and people probably don't understand the cost involved in something like that there. You know, somebody wants to run what you're wrong for 20 or 30 quid, it just doesn't cut it. Don't exist anymore. No, man. You know, those days are gone. You're Mm -hmm. looking at, you're going to be looking at £100, Mm -hmm. but in the grand scheme of things, £100 for a day out. Yeah. Racing, yeah, still cheap, yeah, yeah, you know. But unfortunately, and it is a shame, but those days of the forty to sixty pound days out racing have gone. Yeah, you know. Um, it, I think it harks back a wee bit to again what we talked about the whole social media thing. You know, all it needs is one person who didn't get enough races or didn't get, you know, he wanted to race somebody in a similar car or his yep. mates or whatever else and because they've got out at different times and then suddenly he's bitching and moaning about oh that cost me 100 quid and I only got three races in so they probably don't understand the level of work and commitment 
in the whole lead up to it and the run up to it and then all it probably needs is two or three people to be late for their times and it screws yeah. up everybody else's timing on the grid yeah I, I do I, I would be of the opinion that if someone's paying a race they need value for money um, so I, I would like you know, they always message me and say how many runs do you think I could get you and I said I don't know yeah. I can't tell you because we could have downtime on the track yeah. you know you cannot guarantee how many runs people are going to get I would like to see them in double figures yeah you know because then I think you've had a good value done oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean go to Santapod that's going to cost you minimum £1,000 you want to take your Yaris to Santapod you've yeah. got your boat and your travel down there yeah. plus your weekend uh, racing you get, by the time you get home with your fuel and everything, you're going to get no change out of fifteen hundred quid. Well, I used to do that seven or eight times a year. Do oh, the do the drifting, you know, in, in England. And yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I know exactly. You know, and sometimes in the car park at Santa Pod, actually, if yeah. did the did the drifting there. But yeah, totally. Like you know, like all this stuff, even track days and all the rest. You know, it's one hundred and fifty mm-hmm. odd quid to do uh, track skills at yeah. Kirkuston now. Like it is. It, it is. It is, so, what, it is what it is. I hate that expression, but it is what it is, and that's where we are. But it still doesn't put those people that, you know, it's still affordable for everyone, I believe, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but the argument has always been, well, well I can race at Santa Pod for the day for 40 quid. Mm. It's like, why are you telling me that when you've got £600 worth of ferry costs in front of you? Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, they look yeah, at the small yeah. number and it's yeah. like, you, you, yeah, it's a non-argument. Yeah. And I had a few of the guys, um, the bike guys messaged me, one of the guys after the last event in a skilling, which wasn't, it's not my event, it wasn't Straight Liners event, it was uh, Kieran Coleman uh, has set up Drag Racing Ireland. It was his event. Um, and they, the guys messaged me after with the bikes and said, you know, the categories, you should be more, there should be more trophies for the categories. And, and, and I kind of do shoot from the hip with stuff mm-hmm. that if you want, to have an opinion of what you think should happen, get, bring it to the table. Get involved. You know, get exactly. Yeah. Get involved. It's no good bitching and whining to me after the event. Yep. If you have, and, and this guy uh, has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. He's bought his own burnout plates for the bikes up. I mean, he's instrumental, and I think he is a real key part of for the bikes drag racing in Ireland uh, he's he's just got that drive and enthusiasm that uh, I think the bike guys need they need someone like him um, so I said to him you know I, I was pretty pretty uh, abrupt and I just said look you want something bring it to me yeah and we'll discuss it don't come to me after the event and say yeah this wasn't yeah. you know we Could've expected more yeah, yeah it's yeah. like you want you want to grow what we're trying to do here. Yeah, come along for the ride and, and be prepared to put some work in yourself. I know you're finding Ben that more people are coming forward to try and you know give help, give advice. Yes. Good. Yeah, I'm like it's, you've got a smile on your face. I, yeah. I mean, look, I'm not surprised. Your enthusiasm for everything we've talked about so far—it's totally infectious. You know, I just I want to go and get something air cooled and pieces. <laughs> I have an absolutely no idea what do I'm doing. But it brings it back, Andy, to. There's nothing like think about growing up. Think about traffic light Grand Prix. Think about everything else. When you, when you're out with your mates, having a wee blast. There's there's nothing to beat that feeling. And then getting to do it on a track for yep. Yep. even for bragging rights, your and mates then, about. Yeah, and then the guys they've, they've raced their mates. They come back to the pairing lanes. Yeah, and they're out of the car and they're looking at each other's slips and yeah. you know 
the banter is amazing. They're smiling, yeah, you know? they're talking, they're yeah, laughing. Yeah, yeah. And, and you, it, it was incredible to watch that whole community build at Bishop's Court. Mm-hmm. You know, with Honda guys, Volkswagen guys, you know, Richard Bradley. Um, oh, yeah, you with, know, with his S14, yeah, the I RB26. Mean, you know, yeah. And Richard's been, I think, quite instrumental in helping get momentum behind what we're doing as well. Yeah, and because, uh, yeah. you know, Richard obviously comes from your background, big drift. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, well, I know Richard. I went to uni with Richard, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, I suppose, it, it, it's funny, like, He's so obsessed. Like when he puts his his mind to something and and, and his efforts into something, it's yeah. like he's all in. Yeah. You know, there's no messing about. He's all in, yeah. and I love the fact that he's got on board with drag racing mm-hmm. and Ursula. You know, yeah. um, and Ursula's offered to help us out as well. Fantastic. Um, next year, so um, I have to say a big mention to Ryan Scott. Um, he's one of the Honda guys, and he's been absolutely instrumental in acquiring the timing system mm-hmm. um, for us and he is uh, basically we are a limited company mm-hmm. um, it's myself Ryan Scott Trevor Duckworth of Straightliners mm-hmm. um, and we've put a team together that I think you know yes next year is going to be I would say a failure year if that's the right expression that you know we will go out um, we got, we've got so much testing to do, mm-hmm. you know, loads of testing to do with the equipment uh, and with the team. Um, but next year, uh, Drag Racing Ireland have got four events booked mm-hmm. for next year um, for the calendar, and it's going to be a championship, mm-hmm. which will be pretty much a first. Um, so my job next year, or what I want to see from next year is our team going out every time. Yeah, we're going to learn new stuff every time we go out. Yeah, there, there'll probably be areas where we've overlooked, you know, um, and we learn from it. And every time we go out, we our team's stronger and uh, it will leave us in a really good position come the end of next year. And you're, you're the timing team, yep. effectively. Yep. So the drag yep. racing event is put on and you guys come in and yep. do the time, the timing bit Absolutely. and get that as smooth, yeah. well-oiled machine, yep. Swiss watch. Yep, that's what I want. That is exactly what I want because yeah. that's what the sport needs. Yeah. That it needs a team that is passionate about the sport for a start. Yeah. It needs people that love the sport, yeah. which I believe we've now got, you know. Um, it needs people to just... Oh, what's the word? I'm, you know, realise that this isn't, you know, an in and out job. Mm-hmm. You know, fly by night. You're here for the long term. This is this is a major long term investment. We're here for the long haul because um, Be, because you've got the passion for it. Because, yeah, because but you I want saw, to see it done properly. I saw my sport die on his ass. Yeah. Completely. It was yeah. like someone pulled the rug from under my sport. Yeah. And it was like, right, we've now got guys and girls with cars with multiple tens of thousands of pounds invested in them, sitting in wherever, sheds, wherever. Mm-hmm. They haven't turned a wheel for well, three years. Well, let me ask, now, this is, this is an important question, mm-hmm. and this is something kind of giving you a plug here, because you've, you've said what it costs... You've you've talked about 
your own costs, your time, your everything else, this team doing it properly and professionally. This is <laughs> this is a podcasting platform. What about sponsorship? Have you looked at things like that yet? Or Not yet. Are you inviting things we like are, that? We are in the very early stages of, yes, we've got the team together. Yes, we've got the equipment, but it's testing, testing, testing. You know, I, all I want to be doing is testing. Do you want to have a package? Oh, man, I want to be absolutely smashing it the day before we open the gates. Yeah. yeah. You know, I want my team there, or our team, shouldn't say my, our team there, yeah. ready to go the evening before that event's going to happen. So the day we open the doors, everything is just precision. That's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what you want. But again, I think with the reputation you have for everything you've done, Ben, and for a couple of podcasts I've listened to you on, as well as this podcast, I hope that people can get a sense of, of just your passion for things, that, that you're doing this for love, not for the money of it, not for it. You're, you're doing this because this is something that you love. You want it to succeed. You want, not even succeed, but you want to show people how it should be done. Yep. And, and, you know, I hope anybody listening to this here can... Which, which sort of explains to me why you've went... You've went to straight liners and you've you've yeah. part, partnered with those the, guys. So they're they are the, the absolute tippy best top. in the business. Yep. You know, they are phenomenal. Um Trevor Duckworth, Paul Cumpstone, um, and all the other guys, Helen Great and Graham uh, Greathead, you know, they're just phenomenal. Um, and so let's talk about straight liners first of all yep. in, in GB. So where do they yep. run where do they run their where do they come in they, time time events? They will run wherever they can get a permit to go and run okay so, so they, elvington they yeah. would they would run a lot at because they do a lot of top speed there yeah um they run at ramsey mm-hmm. uh, isle of man yep uh jerby um and there's quite a few locations they've just they've done one in scotland which is meant to be absolutely phenomenal okay um Cre- creel is the only one i know no, in scotland there's, though. there's another one okay uh i think it's scotland um because Trevor was talking to me about it. We went out for dinner the night before, and mm-hmm. uh, we were talking about these venues. And uh, Graham Sykes was working for a straight liners. Now, I'd love you to check out Graham Sykes okay. uh, on Facebook. He's built a steam-powered rocket bike. <laughs> okay, that sounds oh, pretty awesome. man. This guy. A wee bit left field. Yeah, it's insane. It is absolutely off the chart insane. And the guy is... You know, I sat and spoke to him about this steam-powered rocket bike mm-hmm. and realised within about five seconds out, out of my depth, <laughs> I was so, like, ah, yeah. oh, there it is. Yeah, we'll, just put a, uh, we'll put a picture yeah. of that in the, uh, oh, in the show notes. Uh, but the guy is just uh, so tuned in, you know. Um, That's lo- not what I was expecting. That looks, no, like, a, no, that looks like a manufacturer-built it's, it's unreal. Uh, machine. You know, but the loveliest guy. Yeah. You know, so approachable. He's happy to sit and talk to you about all of the, You know, he's, he's had a, a fairly long career working with straight liners. Um, and that, that's what I love about the straight liners crew, that um, they've been around this sport mm-hmm. for decades. Yeah, They're so well-versed in this sport and they're so still passionate. I mean, Trevor Duckworth um, got the old York dragway mm-hmm. um, he managed to get that back up and running. It's Melbourne Raceway okay. in York. And that was never, ever in a million years going to happen, mm-hmm. you know, until they said, right, we'll, we'll, we'll make this happen. And they've got eight or ten rounds there next year, you know. Um, they've had the whole thing resurfaced up to eighth mile at the moment. Um, but 
it's all the money that was right, like that came to build uh, that venue was all raised. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all public money raised by drag racers. Very you good. know, it's phenomenal. Oh, yeah. And we're not talking like 50 grand here. You yeah. know, we're talking big money. Yeah. And the drag racing community just got behind it and yeah. they just threw their weight at it and they've been absolutely phenomenal. Is that something, Ben, you know, you, you had talked about coming back to Bishop's Court. So, you know, people think Enniskillen's the other end of the country yep. when it's not really that far of a drive. Bishop's Court probably is a lot handier for, for, for yep. people. And, and it's a bit, so, you know, what, what's, what's the plans for Bishop's Court? Or right. is there much you can talk about at the minute? Uh, well, I haven't. Uh, Kieran Coleman of Drag Racing Ireland has a, uh, a package put in place with Bishop's Court, um, the owners of Bishop's Court. Mm-hmm. So he has got two events booked for there next year. Mm-hmm. Um, next year for us is going to be about building relationships with those venues, those owners, mm-hmm. um, and you know, working together. It's so important that we're working together. Because you're you're part of the picture. You're yeah. you're the timing guys, and you work with the promoters and the venue owners. And yeah, I mean the bottom line stuff. is, without us, there'll be no drag racing yeah. in this country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes, promoters have got to make money. I get that. Yes, venues have got to make money, but there has to be some form of middle ground for everybody mm-hmm. that we still make this affordable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that the promoter can come away and say, yeah, I've got enough money that goes back into the pot for the next round that I, as a promoter, can survive in this sport. The venue needs their cut yeah. to say, yeah, we can survive and keep the gates open. Yeah. We obviously need to get paid. Otherwise, you know, we've only got to get you know, four, four, or four uh, timing beams wiped out by a a rider or a driver, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that'll, that'll cause us a serious financial uh, headache. Yeah. You know, I mean, just, we, I've got a button, like a starter button for the LED tree. We've got an amazing new LED tree. That is oh, it's such a nice bit of kit. <laughs> it's, 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 well, and I haven't done a lot of drag racing and all, but it is definitely the coolest thing. I'm telling right, here's one for you, right, you two, right? I will pay your entry <laughs> to the first round of the season. Now we're done dogging. So yeah, yeah, right. Could we put a yars up against the E46 M3? Because we've seen all if the I car. If I still have it by then, if you still have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, yeah. I will. I will give you two an entry to the first round of the Legend. season. Right, and Fantastic. you can you can come down and you can say, do you know what? He was talking a load of Essex twaddle mm-hmm. <laughs> out, yeah. out of his backside. I see. I promised I wouldn't swear. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, or you can say, do you know what? Yeah, he meant what he said. Yeah. So we'll see. Proof in it. Proof, you know, I can sit here. I'm up for that. I can sit here and say all this, yeah. but the proof's in the eating. Yeah. You know, I know. I, I, I'm going to leave a Toyota clutch slam. <laughs> on the yeah, you line. won't. Like, I've got this new diff, this 4-1 diff in the entry, oh, yeah, so I have really. to try it. Yeah, yeah. No, no, what you need is bags of excuses. You know, <laughs> bring, bring them and you'll oh, be we, fine. We can do that. We can do that. But we're also, check this out, we're also going to Kyrgyzstan. Oh, right, oh, okay. Wow, okay. Yeah. Okay. We are, uh, there is an agreement with Kirkston, with Drag Race in Ireland, um, but I, uh, we, we need to get a permit in for on, that. On, on the back street or where about, yeah? Yeah, but we need, we need to put a permit in for that. Okay. Um, every race we go to or plan to go yeah. to, we have to apply for a permit mm-hmm. for insurance purposes. Mm-hmm. So 
ultimately, uh, it's not our say as to mm-hmm. whether we can, you know, we've there's, there's something we, there in principle. We've agreed in principle that we can time it subject to an insurance permit. Okay, you know, um, I will be doing a. Maybe you could take me down there one day and we'll do a full survey of Kirkston's. I have Kirkston surveys, yes. I'm up for that also. Um, So, yeah, it's it's exciting. And obviously we've got got a brilliant relationship with St. Angelo. Yeah, Um, yeah. Fantastic relationship, you know. Um, Alan Cathcart there who owns uh, the venue, um, he's phenomenal to work for or work with. Cool. You know, so... um, now, the, the question I want to ask, because we've talked about Airfield, we've talked about N3s, we've talked about Yaris's, we've talked about everything else. Yep. My feed, uh, my YouTube feed as well, the minute since we were talking, I knew we were coming down to do this with the, with the thing. Tesla's, electric cars, drag racing. Yep. What's your, what's your take on it? <laughs> oh, we've, we've managed. To, we've managed to, we've managed to, to, to shut quite, up the Essex boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm all for it. Do you know what? Isn't it, I'm is all for it, it. I think drag racing is at, for EVs is a huge part of trying to build uh, like a car scene around yeah. EVs. I am all for it. I'll tell you why I'm all for it. Because a couple of friends of mine um, built a drag electric drag beetle mm-hmm. years ago called Black Current. And what a name! Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and um, Ben and Sam Young and. They developed that car over, I don't know, 10, 15 years now. That car's now in its third, guys. If you look up Black Current 3, um, that car is now in its third, guys. And those guys have... (laughs) 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 Those guys have been pioneers in... Google just brought up some comedy. Yeah, there you go. Oh, it might be Black Current 4 now. I can't know. Is it Black Current 4 Well, that's, well this is one that's doing a 9... A nine 937, uh, 147. Yeah, that's the old car. So they've got a new car now. Did I maybe see Johnny Smith do a, yes, a, a video on this? Yes, there it is. Down, if you... Bottom right. Sorry, they've based it on the new Beetle. Yeah. So that's an old Beetle, yeah. Yeah. That's Johnny Smith's video. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh. So that's Sam. Um, but if you ever get time, sit down and watch that video. So it's on uh, the late break show. The late break show. Johnny Smith's uh, why this home-built electric beetle promises to become the world's fastest EV. Now, Ben and, and Sam have pioneered electric drag racing yeah. in the UK, if not in Europe. Mm-hmm. And so, for me, I think that you know to say uh, you know what do you think about Teslas? Yeah, they've totally got their place in the sport. Mm-hmm. You know, um, these guys. You want to see what they've had to do to be allowed to run that car at Santa Pod. Well, I'm as, as you can see with the red bar under that. I've, I had I did watch that video and yeah, it, we all we all have a bit of nice engineering. Yeah, I think that's phenomenal. Yeah, 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 unbelievable. So, so I know. think that it doesn't matter if it's Navy if no. there's if there's good engineering in it. I yeah, think I I'm think, all into it. I think it's kind of like uh, what they've been made to do. What yeah. what I would like to see is. Uh, you know, it will take a long time to to make that happen. Is EV class racing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that then the argument between the electric and the, you know the internal combustion engine stuff can will then stop. Yeah, you know, because everybody at the moment is saying, well, you know, my Bugatti Chiron's being beaten by a, a, yeah a, a plaid. Mm-hmm. You know, and but for me, 
I don't see an issue with it at all. I think the, the whole EV thing is phenomenal, yet I have a bit of trepidation with it as well. Um, I don't know whether... Yeah, it's the future, but you've only got to look at what's happening in Ukraine, mm-hmm. our electricity yeah, supply and stuff like that. It's like, you know, we're in a real transition moment in many, many ways, mm-hmm. um, not just with our transportation. And so I think the next 10 years is going to be, you know, uh, t- wait and see. Wait and see. Yeah, yeah. completely. But yeah, com- I, I totally agree. That I, I think it's really space. exciting just to see. There's, there's that kid over in, in America. He's got the white Tesla Model 3. Yep. Completely stripped out, yeah. and he's destroying street racing, everything for cash, street racing, cash yeah. days, yeah, destroying everything around. Yeah. I just think it's, it's um, Rick of RMS, uh, Rick with the with the RSX, yeah, uh, that's running just shy of a thousand horsepower. He said to Pete a few times, he put it up against the Tesla. Oh, really? Yeah, and that would be a good race. <laughs> that would be a good race. See the bottom right there. Have you watched that one yet? Uh, Gordon Gordon Murray's yep. uh, no I haven't watched, watched that, that yet. I watched that last night yeah. that is one of the best builds I've ever seen oh really right I'm gonna did up. you uh, so this is this is Johnny Smith Johnny in, Smith in Gordon Murray's uh, bunker yep with all the stuff I've watched the first video yep with, and I haven't, I haven't watched I haven't watched it did, mm. I, did, I, did I drop it into this week, I, week's I podcast think, uh, that I met Johnny Smith recently no. did you really uh, you never said that before no. did you <laughs> I, I did yeah over at uh, Sniff, Sniff and Smith uh, live podcast at, at uh, the Morgan Factory I think he's a cracking presenter. Oh, he's brilliant. You know, he's, he's so good at what he does. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, I, I, he actually, I think, he's got Volkswagen roots, Johnny. I think he worked for Volkswagen at one point. I can't remember. He used to work for Max Power. But maybe he worked for yeah, Performance VW or someone like yeah. that, did he? Maybe? Ah, might have been Performance VW, yeah. yeah. I'd yeah. feature in Performance VW once. Oh, yeah? Yeah, well, it was a picture. Picture? <laughs> Yeah. Reader's wife, sex. Yeah, yeah, it was back when I had long ginger flowing mane. Well, we won't talk about that. But yeah, watch that because that is. I, I think I put a thread on it years, a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. about Gordon Murray's uh, Mark One Escort being built by Retro Power. Yeah, and we just kept updating the thread every time Retro Power built bought out a new um, video. Uh, man, those guys have just done an yeah. incredible job. Awesome. I mean, it's, awesome. and I, I'm going to give a nod to a, a friend of mine as well. Now we're talking about escorts. Um, check out Russell Lord's Ford. Okay. Um, Johnny Smith's actually done a bit on him. Okay. He's a jeweler from my neck of the woods. Right. Okay. And he's built a Mark One, Mark Two escort uh, at solid silver. No plans, no measurements, nothing. All by eye, and it is insane. Uh, all. Diamond jewelry, all that, you know, it is That's off mega. the chart. Unreal. And he's now doing a bubble arch Mark One, mm-hmm. the bubble. And I was in, I went and see him about three weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, because he's doing something for me. And uh, it's fun. If you're listening, just Google this at home. I, Russell, I, I'm not going to keep up with this with yeah. the show notes here. I'll have a million li- links. Russell Lords Ford. Russell Lords Ford. Yeah. Um, the guy is just, uh, man, he's obsessed with Ford. Uh, he's got. Two or three Mark Ones now. He's got a twin cam Mark One. He's got. Uh, he's, he's just bought back his old Mark One that he it was dating his wife Kay in, mm-hmm. um, and he's got uh, a Mark Two uh, rally car. He's got a Mark One rally car as well. Um, but he always does like pretty much every evening. He'll be either doing something about 
his escorts at home, mm-hmm. what he's doing and working on, or he'd be doing something in the jewellery shop, um, sitting, he's got this place out the back where he just, he's literally sitting there making the Mark One Escort, and the guy is genius, you know, and me and uh, Russell have built up, it's funny, I dropped in, on, one day I just dropped into him, it was, it was when we were doing Drag Day, and he'd, he'd, he'd only just really been getting going, and I thought, I'm going to drop in and see this guy. Mm-hmm. So I dropped into the shop and uh, I gave him a T-shirt because I just said, look, I've been following you. I'm not a fold man, but I've been following what you do and I think it's just incredible. Mm-hmm. And from that day, me and him have become amazing friends. Oh, yeah? Yeah, f- unbelievable. You know, I would literally do it. If he rang me tonight and said, I'm in trouble, I'd, oh, do, I'd do whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's had me going around the country looking at my one escorts for him. Oh, Ben, check this one out. Could you go and look at this one for me? And, you know, it's not a problem. Yeah. You you know, when you meet someone in life that you know that there's not, it's not like they're trying to get something like, how can you describe it? It's not what's in it for them. Yeah. 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 There's, there's, it's like you've met someone where, you know, you go backwards and forwards and there's, there's, there's no, it's unconditional. There's yeah. no conditions on the yeah. friendship that's you just made. It's a rare yeah. thing. It's a rare yeah, yeah, thing yeah. when you get to my age because you just think everybody's an arsehole. Yeah, yeah. You know? Everyone's <laughs> after something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah well. And he's the most phenomenal guy. And I, I'm really lucky to have met him. You know? Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Well, look, uh, the events, so you have three or four events coming up this year. Yep. Roughly, when's the first one? March. March. Bishop's Court? Is it Bishop's Court or Kirky? I think it might be Bishop's Court. We, you'll post, I'll, I'll you'll post it on you the know. forum. Let yeah, us know. Yeah, I'll let you know. We'll, 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 we'll talk, talk about it. Bring a snowplow. Anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Perfect time, Ross. Imagine, imagine an E46 with a short uh, ratio diff in the lash and rain. Mm-hmm. We, we no. are us on the flipping seven grand with a sidestep with us. <laughs> yeah. See you later. No, I absolutely promise you. Like, I'm a man with words. You, you know... You're coming drag racing. First oh. round of the season is yep. on, it's awesome. on me. I'm going right. to have to do something back. I'm going to have to like, sponsor something back to you because honestly, I really appreciate it. I need a new wash mitt. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can work with that. You know how much I wash my cars. <laughs> I just thought, Ross, you were, you were sitting there going, uh, and what type of tar do they put in this, this eighth of a mile? <laughs> you just have like a tar remover. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Ben, thanks, thanks very much for that. Uh, do you know what we've, we, we've touched on EVs and, yep. and one of our members, uh, we normally get asked questions, we don't really have time for questions today, but, but the Daniel at RMS asked a good question, it's kind of topical. And he said, look, I know you guys love the EVs and EV chats, he said, but my theory is that EV is just a phase and that synthetic fuel or e-fuel uh, that the likes of Porsche is developing is a thing of the future. Ben's shaking his head. Uh, I think these companies claiming that go that will go EV by a specific year will do a U-turn sometime within the next turn, 10 years because uh, the fuels are too expensive. So, so I did have we look. The fuel is the fuel is too expensive, and and the cars aren't aren't uh, ready to run on it. But at the same time, what do we run our container ships on and planes and all exactly, that sort of stuff? Because, yeah, because you can't you can't put. 10 no. tons of batteries and easy jet no and I, I, I had a friend who uh, worked he was in the navy for years and he would work on he was on the destroyers mm-hmm. and he told me some crazy stat 
that how many yards a destroyer does to how many gallons, gallons upon... I mean, we're talking hundreds of gallons, <laughs> you know. It was, it was nuts. Yeah. How many nautical yards this thing would go on. Yeah. Such an insane amount of fuel, mm-hmm. you know. But I don't know. We've had electric submarines, haven't we? Yeah. We've got nuclear subs, not... Um, what do you think if you have a, a nuclear Prius or something? A, a nuclear fission beetle. <laughs> <laughs> Marty! Marty. <laughs> I think that, you know, EV isn't going to be the be-all, end-all solution. I think hydrogen probably, uh, you know, we've had, what's the Clarity CFX, the Honda? Mm-hmm. That was, I thought that was, a, a, you know, possible leap forward when it came out they built one of these they built a gr toyota built a gr hydrogen gr yeah but the clarity cfx was a hydrogen uh, catalyst battery cell mm-hmm. car it wasn't an internal combustion engine run on hydrogen mm-hmm. um so completely different with yeah. the yaris they've converted it to run on hydrogen mm-hmm. and i think that it you know the amount of horsepower that you get from the hydrogen uh, and I can't remember, it's like something like 30%, you know, it's, it, there's no, oh. it's, it's nowhere near uh, what, you know, standard petrol. That's the only way got. you would win that drive race, by the way, <laughs> yeah. is if I brought a hydrogen to your yeah, Hydrogen. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's, I think we will end up, you know, everyone's saying hydrogen's the future. No, it's not. No way. Uh, EV's the future. I think it's probably one of the best shots at uh, taking the percentage share of the market. Mm-hmm. But I think we will end up with uh, a multiple solution to uh, the internal combustion engine. Now, the hydrogen fuel cell car, and I, li- I like the idea of it, it doesn't give off anything. It's yep. just you just put uh, water into it, whatever, whatever right. else. Um, and that it uses battery technology. Yep. That is really advancing at a really, or a, sorry, that uses electric motor technology. That's a, a advancing at a massive, a massive rate. But and it solves the palladium and the rare metals issue and all that sort of stuff as well. But why why is it not why is it not working in, at scale? Is it is it a is it a government driven thing? Is it a manufacturer driven thing? You know, I, I can't know. answer that. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It, it's you could get down a lot of conspiracy rabbit holes yeah, with that could. one there, but it, it's. I think that in itself is a topic that needs a wee well, bit more. We need an, we need we need someone on who so, yeah. who who is uh, actually smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing with EV, where I think EV has cocked up massively already. That you've got the potential for it to be a massive infrastructure in this in the. Uh, globally Mm -hmm. and you've got a system that relies on charging Mm -hmm. well what do you do at petrol station you fill up within what a minute max Mm -hmm. yeah well there should have been like a a platform uh, a generic platform for every vehicle that's going to hit the EV market yeah that would have an interchangeable battery service Mm-hmm. So that you drive up to a petrol garage, your battery pack gets switched out within, a, say, a couple of minutes. Yeah? yeah. Then they get shipped away, you know, 
on, onto the property somewhere, yep. and they're being charged again. Yeah, there's a know? there's a rotisserie underneath the exactly. garage charging yeah, these yeah. things up. And yep. I think I think that that yeah, it's an expense thing probably. But yeah. I, I think that that was like if you were going to do something like that, that 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 to me sounded like a valid solution. But yeah. um, then, and if it was that quick, you would maybe get away with smaller batteries and light, less range, and then yeah. you have lighter cars and mm-hmm. better yeah. to drive and that sort but, of stuff but too. Hey, who am I? You know, I'll stick to my old you know, wheezy forty horsepower Volkswagen <laughs> that were designed to run on two star. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So, uh, thanks for your qu- for your. Uh, question uh the daniel uh we haven't we haven't a scooby-doo what we're what we're talking about there and uh, like we're just driven by market forces if if yeah. if what's going to be sold is uh, our evs yep and that's you know and the infrastructure here is exactly. terrible yeah. for we, it, but that's what we're going to be put up with but the thing is northern ireland should be a benchmark mm-hmm. smallest you know small country yeah yeah Get the infrastructure, throw infrastructure at it, yeah, and become a benchmark country. There is probably loads of, of money sitting, European money, oh, or yeah. Well, yeah, that, yeah. that's just tied you know, up in instalment. You could have made this place like yeah. just yeah. phenomenal, yeah. As you know, that everybody could look at us and go, "Do you know what? Yep. they've they've licked that." Yeah, mm-hmm. but no, I know. Oh no, we're flipping. Third world in comparison, I know. Sure, you still listen to like Two Unlimited and stuff. Like that, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, look, I think we're going to pull this uh, into the uh, into the pits here. Uh, Ben, thanks very much for coming on. It's been a privilege. Thank you, man. I'm, I'm really humbled to have, you know... Ah, stop it. No, seriously. <laughs> like, I'm just... No, because, look, I'm just some bloke from Essex that just does stuff. And it's like, I'm, you know... It, it's like going back to what we were saying about when people phone me up to get tune a car. Mm-hmm. It's a real humbling experience to be asked to do stuff. It's a privilege. You know? And, well, and the, the other thing we were talking about as well, and this is what I, I love about this podcast, is people that... We bump into at Cars and Coffee or the show or whatever else. Never really get a chance to know the person or yeah. what to do or the backstory and all the rest. And, and yeah. the people we've spoken to, the likes of yourself and all the rest in the podcast, that is a privilege because we're able to hear. Uh, and it's great we can ask you. You don't feel, you know, embarrassed. Well, what 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 he did or what's uh-huh. his background or what's that accent? Do you know How long's he been here for? You know, he's just a fucking nice guy. That that's it, literally <laughs> yeah. in a nutshell. He's yeah. a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. Don't look under the veneer. <laughs> <laughs> and our nosy podcast. <laughs> find it all about it. But look, it's been an abs- absolute oh, loved pleasure. It. Loved every good, minute. Good, good fun. Um, and uh, I think we'll be back to normal service next time where we just talk shit about other stuff that we have, have or haven't been doing. Thanks for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe, do all the things you're supposed to do to let people know about the pod. And uh, we're everywhere at RMS Motoring and, of course, on rmsmotoring.com on the forum. If you want to ask us questions, ask us on the forum or on the socials. And thanks for joining us. And remember, there's no warranty. This was sold to sing. <laughs> <laughs>